Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about the exclusive peasantry of the Swamp Warlock skin you can only get this Halloween. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we're going to be talking about leveraging Radcrawl's seasonal release schedule to build lore that shifts and changes over time. So, Lucky Rat's line um is what how do i how do i describe lucky rat's line i don't what, uh, is that from the from the sky dogs yeah oh yeah yeah there we go lucky okay. rat's line of the of the soaring sky dogs is a oh, pirate, wow. is a sky pirate a sky pirate carrying an albatross yeah so like uh lucky is uh he he caught a uh a, an albatross that had swallowed a thundercloud okay and so it's this big like unwieldy bird that he's like barely able to carry around with him and it squawks up huge bouts of uh, thunder. Okay. Well, I've plugged that into Dolly too. Let's okay. see okay. what it gives us. Yeah. Well, will this help me not have to draw all these yeah. things? Um, well, some of these are <laughs> something. <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paste this into, uh, I'm sure this is great content for everyone listening. I'm going to paste this into our, our show notes so that you can okay. see the four pictures that it gave me. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely funny that a couple of them are actually worse than what I would just draw myself. <laughs> I'm going to remove the word sky pirate because I think that was confusing it. It's just a pirate okay. carrying an albatross that swallowed a thundercloud. Okay, because the one on the the one on the far left is like oh, I should have said what I initially drew, like my, my initial drawing style before I yeah, learned the, yeah. that you can do. It actually weirdly art. nailed your drawing style perfectly. <laughs> it it before, weirdly did before you learned that you could learn how to do art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a lesson for you: is if you want to learn a skill, consider learning the skill instead of just doing it, because it might turn out that people learn the skill intentionally for a reason. Yeah. It's possible yeah. that that skilled activities are are hard and yeah yeah it turns out as much as as tabletop role playing games would lead you to believe that you can just pick up any skill yeah yeah well because like as a tabletop game designer you kind of have to have every skill but the truth is like there are okay. people that are extremely skillful within each of these little disciplines so I think the answer is. No, that I have Dolly's, to draw my own minis. I think I think I think, I think it's going to draw. Some of these are pretty good, but <laughs> I don't. I don't know that these are really what you're looking for. I'm uh, honestly surprised at kind of just how bad they are. Yeah, like I like I, like I don't know of, all, like, of, of all things. I don't think that Dolly knows what an albatross is. It doesn't know what an albatross is. Are even close. Yeah, yeah. Um, and additionally, it's it's all very like MS Paint. Yeah. Uh, drawings, which is very strange. What if I said a uh, a realistic image? Oh God, of a of a pirate <laughs> carrying an albatross. A realistic one. a thundercloud. A pirate. Uh, a pirate named Lucky Rat's line, carrying. This is all I'm again thrilling, thrilling audio content. 
Um, There's a possibility none of this is usable audio. But I was, I was, I was told by the internet or by someone on TikTok that AI art was going to destroy the ter- the tabletop role playing game industry. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to see if that's going to happen. We're trying to destroy. I'm trying the to destroy tabletop right role playing industry. Yeah. Brandon with 12 hours of affinity uh, tutorial videos in him versus uh, Dolly yeah, yeah, 2. Yeah. 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 Ooh, it's really hanging up here. That's okay. I, I really hanged up for a while doing this yeah. too. I mean, no, no <laughs> judgment. A brief tantrum on Twitter. I've hit, I've hit 90, 98% of this loading bar. And now, oh, Dolly's, now Dolly's like, wait, maybe if I should learn how to do art. <laughs> It's watching. It's watching. Vector it's a hi- this is highly, highly relatable. Yeah, it's pause to go watch some YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> this looks nothing like a pirate. Gotta go back. Oh my god, it really is hung up here. Okay, maybe we should move on, and I'll <laughs> maybe and we should it, actually do this. If it finishes loading, I'll I'll pay, I'll paste in the next the next wave okay. of pictures because uh, it's just it's really stuck. <laughs> so oh uh, oh my god. Uh-oh. None of these are. Oh, sorry, it just finished. None of these are okay. realistic. They are maybe a little more detailed. Um, Do so we think <laughs> I won, or we need to see my pirate before uh, before we can declare me the winner? Um, here, <laughs> let me paste these in for you. Um, some of these are not human anymore. Oh, interesting! It, it turned him into on the a word, rat because his name is Ratsline. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely holding a rat now. Still, none of these. Uh, that first one might be an albatross. Far left one might be an albatross. Yeah. Yeah. I will say my my intention with the albatross is not for it to be the dramatic, beautiful <laughs> bird that albatrosses are. I I can I show like, you my. I like that the hat in the second one almost is a ship itself. <laughs> it has some some ropes and stuff on it. I'm oh, it totally it. does. That's so bizarre. I'm gonna have to post these in the in the uh, in the Discord. Here's my so, uh, come my look at the sketch oh. that is not done yet. Uh, uh. <laughs> I expanded it, but only horizontally. No, only horizontally. Oh yeah, he's really hugging that albatross. Yeah, yeah, and it's some gonna have like pretty... lightning coming out of its mouth. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dolly doesn't understand what eating. It, it got the cloud, but didn't understand that the albatross was supposed to have eaten the cloud, not that both of them were going to be riding the cloud. Yeah, yeah. Well, well okay. That's where we are so far. Yeah. So right now I'm going <laughs> to so, say Dolly has not so, destroyed the tabletop industry. Oh, good. That's good. That's good. I, I had hoped that it would maybe I'll destroy re- my need to draw 14 miniatures. I'll but, have to repeat know. this process with mid-journey later. Okay, okay. <laughs> We'll, we'll put Midjourney versus Brandon versus I'll, we'll, Dolly. I'll report later. <laughs> maybe I'll finish. Maybe I'll finish the art. I won't finish the art in time for you to post that. No. Uh, in any case, talking about not finishing things in time. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, on the very precipice. If the precipice is 13 drawings away from being able to release Rad crawl season one, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Um, I hate that you're closing in on releasing two whole games before <laughs> I finished one. 
I'm sorry, James. This is, I don't know that I would call Radcrawl a whole game. But it, it is, is. It's like a skirmish scenario. But it is a thing, and it is playable, and you will have released it. That's, Probably, that's true. Almost certainly before. Gotta get, gotta get that, gotta get that wiggle on. Yeah. I, I bet you could actually beat me. Because I, I do need to draw 13 more little characters. And they're not coming together super quickly. Because I'm not skillful. Uh, at doing things quickly. Uh, but as I'm drawing closer, it's, I'm starting to get to like really have excitement about the things that I'm going to be able to do once it's out. And so that's what I wanted to chat about. Um, a kind of a very, a very timely thing of the benefits, challenges, and like things that I want to do with Radcrawl as a living document. Now I say timely mm-hmm. because there's this little company, uh, Wizards of the something or other, that uh, they're they're re-releasing OD and I think. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's no, they're doing their one D and D thing that's supposedly like you know they're they're making sixth edition and sixth edition is going to be on your computer and have live updates. Yeah, uh, and you know, and whatever. Be- and be the final edition of Dungeons the, and Dragons. Be the final edition. Until they decide to sell a new one. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, but it's very interesting, though, that in theory, that means that they are intending to do the very thing that I am working through and struggling how to do myself. Now, they have teams of coders instead of Brandon and Notion. That's their uh, mistake. That's it's their not, mistake. It's not, it's not agile enough. It's it's not. It's not. I can I can get a problem and immediately not solve it. Yeah. Uh but meanwhile, uh, they can hire a bunch of of developers and spend years not solving the same problem. Oh, that's true. So. That's true. There are some people that are on some upcoming products from them that I'm actually very excited about. Um and so like, you know, I I'm having some fun. I'm I'm poking some fun at, at Wizards, but uh, you know, uh they should have used this technology years ago. Yeah. Uh, their intention was for fourth edition to do this, right? Uh, and then for some very, very horrific reasons, it didn't. And then they abandoned it for fifth edition because they didn't want, I guess, the same thing to happen. Uh, they had, like, you know, egg on their face and didn't want to go back through it again. Yeah. But for a different thing, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out basically how I can make this feel like a live event. Because Radcrawl, if you don't know Radcrawl, it's a fantasy skirmish <laughs> role-playing game that is aiming to like have a lot of fun with like sports. And so like it's like really playing in a space between D and a space like, between, you say. Football. A space between. It's playing <laughs> it's a Dave Matthews based uh it's basically like a high fantasy skirmish sporting event i love that you've imagined a person who is listening to this episode episode. but this could be someone's first episode okay i guess i guess this could be someone's first episode if this is your first episode welcome they've been selectively watching they've been selectively listening for years and haven't happened to hit any rad crawl episodes uh but uh the first release is going to be two teams that battle each other on one map essentially and then i'm going to build that out a little bit and explore that a little bit 
and then build into like a new season and have new stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm kind of at a point that I'm going, how do I build things so that I'm able to start, so I'm able to release some of it and have immediate fun changes while also constructing something larger? Like when season one is out, I know that I'm making like some gothic, gothic undead versus um versus bird like bird mercenaries is uh, season two bird scenarios uh, bird scenarios. But I'm not going to like release those as they go. But I want like kind of the moment to like the, you know, moment to moment feedback. And so. There's questions of how to do that. Uh, I think part of it is just like, you know, if I learn that a character is way too powerful, I can patch them. Or if people are going like, hey, this rule explanation doesn't make sense, I can fix that. And that's great. That's just like, you know, advantages of living documents. I think you've Um, kind of discovered DLC. I've kind of discovered DLC. And like, there's something to be said for just going, hey, everything is available all the time. And I I am effectively doing that because I've discovered that it's going to be very difficult for me to hide anything in my notion mm-hmm. <laughs> without having two different databases for everything. And I, I'm not willing to do that. Uh, but I do want to like focus the support of stuff in a way that, that works and is interesting and like invites people to like experience, uh, writing some stories within things and like building stuff out and like just getting the, getting the, this, the sports feeling of like, yes, I am a fan of this team, you know? So I'm kind of trying to like figure out what things I should be releasing as they happen and what things should be released in packages. So that's kind of what I wanted to maybe talk with you about about a little bit. And like one of the things in that is like weekly event style things. Um, and so like kind of balancing out I have an interest in that definitely there's an interesting um because I had two thoughts off of that yeah um that one of which I had yesterday one of them I had this morning um which is that having weekly or or whatever monthly events that yeah, change that change like playing um playing status playing mm-hmm. The, the the facts on the field um, yeah. is that if you track all of that, it would let someone else play through it again. If that oh, makes sense. Interesting. Like, like to play it as though it had happened then. Yeah. Because so like our, our mutual friend Dave is currently playing through uh, World of Warcraft and World of Warcraft. The thing that they've done is they released World of Warcraft classic. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Which I is think so. the first, which is they released the original version of, world of warcraft and have been releasing patches for it the same patches and re- and re- content releases that they did the first time through timed oh. the same way but now <laughs> and so like that's they, fascinating they're just like re- letting people relive the kind of like original early days of world of warcraft yeah yeah and like so people have conversations like okay well, we've got to build our character this way but we know that in two DLC releases, they're going to change. They're going to do this. They're going to change the, um, the, the, the way, the way that that druids work or whatever. 
And yeah. it's an interesting, it's an interesting, um, there's an interesting replayability to that where like when you're moving through a game for the first time, if you're talking about timed events, you don't necessarily know, like you don't know necessarily even which, like which characters you're going to buff, what you're going to yeah. do, what, which, which totally. effects you'll add. But a char- somebody, if someone were going to go through that again a second time, they would know. Yeah. Um, and so if someone were going to run like a rad crawl, uh, rad crawl rad, classic rad rad crawl the first year in a, yeah. at a, over the course of, but rather than doing it like as like monthly events they're going to do them as like uh over the course of a weekend do a year's yeah. worth of, of updates and just like as as the game and and tournament progress things pop up it would it would let you change the way play happens that's really interesting and I think it, it is probably something, you know, I'm doing all of this essentially through Notion. And so some of the stuff is things that I think would be pretty automatically saved. Like um, mm-hmm. one thing we talked about was weekly modifiers, or I don't know if it's going to be weekly. Yeah. Or weekly seems really weekly hard. Or what. Weekly seems hard, except that they're supposed to be, they're going to be like s- relatively simple things. Uh. I still don't know if that's going to be too much work. Yeah, that seems a lot uh, of work Monthly for you. feels like not often enough. But maybe monthly is often enough. So, I don't know. It's like, you know, all of it is in flux. So but the be- idea would be that, like, uh, it's like, oh, uh, this, we'll st- just say weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekly, we've got, um, at the beginning of play, uh, a couple lightning bolts come down. And a couple of blocks are just on fire. Uh, and so, like, you know, they have this little effect. Or, like, uh, there's heavy winds. And so if you move and you have a fly speed, then you shift one to the, to the left each time you do it. Uh, at the end of your movement. Uh, or, like, you know, like little thing, it's like going to be, like, little things like that that just, like, add a little weird wrinkle to it. Yeah. Um... So I think that I think that if we're talking about state like t- staged slash timed releases of yeah. content that it falls. I think I think we you have to draw a distinction between things that are like this character is overpowered, so I'm going to change yeah, the way their mechanic like works. Patches, or I'm adding an yeah, like, or I'm adding a new content. Or I'm adding a new patch for this this thing because whatever happened um yeah and and stuff like we're for this period of time we're updating this map so that it has the sort of left moving wind because yeah. in the story of the game there's a storm happening yeah and i think that yeah. i think that that kind of stuff is more interesting to replay through than the patches yeah so it's kind of like it's i it'll, i i feel like there's a third category also of like expanded content, you know. So like, if if uh, if I'm working on a, a new season and I hit like, if I'm working on a season and I hit like a a stretch a social goal or a stretch goal of some kind, releasing a new character would be like a third kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like patches, events, and expansions. Yeah, yeah, yeah new content yeah um let me 
tell you about a thing because I yeah. think this is interesting. And I think that this is something that could be applied to Rad Crawl in an interesting way. Okay. Um, let me tell you about Sea of Thieves, which is a, okay. a video game. I've never played it. It's a pirate themed video game. It's a great game. I highly, I highly like it if you have a lot of friends, if you have some friends who want to be pirates. Um, but in one of their recent events, they did so basically the way the the way the game works at a very basic level is you jump in as a player, you have a pirate ship, you sail around this ocean. Um, there are islands that are sort of like the places you go to have adventure, and there are outposts, which are the places you come back to sell your loot. Okay. During they do seasons. They do season season releases, which is usually like a big a new uh, a new new stuff comes out, new bad guys appear on different islands, yeah. that sort of stuff. The things you're thinking of, the thing you yeah, you think exactly of, the kind of thing I'm talking all about. the stuff that you're talking about. One of the things yeah. they did in the last in the in one of the more recent seasons was they took one of the outposts that is the place that you can kind of like it's one of the spa, like outposts are spawn points. They're the place okay. where you spawn in, the place where you go back to get resources, the place where you go to deliver goods. Um, and it was destroyed. It was okay. like an evil, like a, a a dark mist appeared over it. All of the the shopkeepers disappeared. Um, Amazing. And That's so cool. And like nobody knew why. And you had to run th- and you had to play through like the sort of adventure to figure out where they had yeah. gone. And one of the things that happened and, and I didn't I did. So admittedly, I didn't play through this. So I, I don't know that I have all of the details, but um, it was basically the the outpost was sort of the center of a fight between two factions in the Sea of Thieves and players were able to do missions for one faction or the other. And Mm. depending on the, I think it was like the total sum of gold earned for one faction or the other determined whether or not the game developers would return the outpost to its like to restore it to its original form or to permanently destroy it. That's cool. Yeah. And having like having that kind of thing definitely feels like interesting and cool to me. That's something I want. Yeah. And so definitely you you could take like like assuming that maps are something that you're going to release. You could. Yeah. (laughs) You could destroy a map or you could change a map and say, here's a special circumstance. If you play these two, like this team versus this team on this map, tweet or whatever at me. At you, yeah, hit, hit up the thing. Hit up the thing and say which side won. And then depending on over the period of that season, well, week, whatever, month, however long the, the time period is, um, yeah. who won, which team won more than the other. You, yeah. could have that, you could have that permanently change the the map. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and then it's it's interesting because um, I think I think that from a game design standpoint, uh, specifically for Radcrawl, a game yeah. like Sea of Thieves is interesting to look at the way that it has expanded. Um, yeah, yeah. Because originally, Sea of Thieves was very basic. You had your ship, you would be on a, in, a, in a server with four or five other, other players, or four or five other ships, and you had some basic uh, 
basic missions to run for the different factions that were basically okay. excuses to like get you out to fight other ships. To go do a thing, yeah. Just to like, to, like, to, like basically it was like, uh, go here to this island to pick up this gold while someone else is going to a different island to grab a chicken uh, of a specific yeah. color. And it was really just there to make you run to other players to make you fight. And that's kind of like yeah. base level rad crawl where like, yeah, it's totally. mostly just it's, about It's all fighting. excuses to fight. It's all just excuses to fight. But then they started yeah. adding in other adventures, other like uh, kinds of content, like bet, like different longer adventures where you have to hunt around on different islands. There are like now secret bases that you have to like sneak into things you have to do to summon certain bad guys where maybe now there's a benefit to working together with other players. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's more straight up and- PVP. It's, it's, and that's totally the kind of thing I'm trying to do is just like make a space that you go like, okay, yeah, these are characters that exist. These are some things I can grab. This is my character that I made. Uh, and these are the different ways I can play with them. Because I could see you taking a thing that starts as like, here's two, here's two teams, make them fight each other yeah, on a variety of maps. And then after a while, I'll be like, well, here's a map where there's like a big NPC you have to work together to fight that big NPC. To take out the NPC. Yeah, as, as that'd be very fun to do. Or, or here's a, a thing that you need to do. I wonder if you could have um, like asymmetrical team goals. Mm, I like, bet so. Like this team is trying to dig up ancient relics uh, in on a map. And this team is trying to uh, just maybe the other team is just still trying to defeat the other team. And yeah. so you'd have one team whose goal was like to get in and dig, like perform an action to dig up a relic and they yeah. win when they've dug up all the relics and the other team doesn't care about the relics at all, but just wants to kill the other team. And then you've got like on your like results form, yeah. you're able to put like how many relics got pulled up, uh, who won and be able to like tabulate some, some information that builds something right there. Yeah. 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 So having some kind of a goal too could be interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like that's almost like like a, a a deeper level of events even than I kind of had in mind. So like within within events, there's like there's like shared meta shared. Uh, I I feel weird saying meta because of the the metaverse, mm-hmm. but like it's that's what it's always been called, right? Like yeah. The, yeah. Like the meta story. Meta textual. Yeah. Versus things like there's like, a sandstorm and so visibility for all characters is reduced. Yeah. Just like like basically like modifiers. And so like those modifiers I think are easy to just toss out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the shared meta events definitely require more work. They're more almost in line with what a season is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that kind of stuff weekly. You'd want to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's just not going to be enough people playing the game for that to be yeah. you know, relevant. Versus you could plan out a year, you could plan out a year's worth of weeks of like weather events. Like the exactly. Other, like the other exactly. thing that I was thinking about um, was in, in my procrastination on writing A Space Between, my yeah. brain has now started thinking more about my mission control game. And mm-hmm. well, and also I spent a week at a beach reading three novels about an alternate space history um, okay. or history of, <laughs> of, of, of Earth space flight. And one of the things they talked about a lot was like calculating where the planets were in relation to each other to like 
plan the best way to like find launch windows and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And yeah. so I was thinking like it would be cool to have a calendar that had different kind of like uh bonuses and and negatives to different kinds of actions so that when you were mm. playing you could look up okay well what week is it in our game or what week is it in the real world and then use that those benefits as sort of a, a temporal uh modifier chart I guess. yeah that was basically the idea just that it would be whatever the live moment is you yeah. know like i would throw up like throw here's up. one or two i'd throw up yeah just right there <laughs> just uh one or two ideas of like things that are happening that are like small effects you know and probably for the most part most like you know they'd probably completely ruin balance yeah because <laughs> like you know even a small effect completely ruins balance and that's kind of okay because it's supposed to feel like that and like you know you can choose if you want to play with or without the kind of weather effects um but weather effect could be you know something whatever it is you know weather effect doesn't mean it's sunny out which means if your attack uses sunniness then it's, yeah you're better i can is a quick aside I kind of love Radcrawl as a game that like everyone understands it's not balanced and it's probably Mm. very broken and like everyone is just going in with the understanding that like I hope people understand that I have not made I've made only minor attempts to balance this thing Um, because it's not going to be balanced like uh, I I don't know if this will end up the the character we were talking about uh, at the beginning that we're messing around with AI art for is a pirate that is carrying an albatross that can shoot lightning. Uh, And that character uh, can barely move if they're going to attack or can move a really long distance if they agree not to attack. And that's not going to be balanced. I'm not going to balance a laser, like the Death Star laser (laughs) in the middle of of your battlefield. That's not going to work. It, there will be a, uh, rounds that that goes in and it's a sitting duck and you destroy them one turn. And there will probably be turns that they line up the entire opposing team and just destroy everything, <laughs> you know? And so, like, you know, goofing around with those things and, and recognizing the lack of balance is hopefully something that people are interested in and making, because it's like, it's bashing action figures together. I don't know if that sounds appealing or not. That's probably not how I should market it. <laughs> No, I think that I think that's that's I think that is that is the way that I have understood the game to be. That's yeah, just yeah. about like broken, unbalanced action figures that you're going to mash together to tell a fun story. Yeah, exactly. And then and then with the kind of the balance is me being able to go back and go, oh, uh, five people played the game and all five of me told the, me that this character is too powerful. <laughs> going to go ahead and nerf that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. So. So I I guess kind of like with that sort of release strategy, I feel like those shared world events are kind of within a season, right? Like that would be. That would be building something that that, that takes more time because it means like making an enemy trying to come up with some kind of balance, mm-hmm. quote unquote, there. 
versus like things that I'm throwing out. Um, and like release of new characters is another thing that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit that like if I come up with a thing and want to do it, like how do I balance that with going like, okay, but there's, there's a new season and maybe it is just vibes, right? Yeah. Like well, maybe it's just like I've come up with a spooky skeleton and I want to release a spooky skeleton in October. So yeah. I do. <laughs> I guess the question is, you probably don't want to re- release a whole team off season because like, probably a, like a team not, release. Yeah. But so really what you're talking about is like, do you release one character? here yeah. there. And I and, and actually I think it would be kind of interesting um I think it would be kind of interesting to to like okay so maybe it's November or October and so you release yeah. Spooky Skeleton's character yeah. and then like maybe a couple months later you release a skeleton team and yeah, so then right? that character shifts from being a free agent to being on the skeleton team. And totally. This is the other thing that I actually was uh chatting about talking with you about uh about is building lore that suggests the future. Yeah. Um, I really love the like, I really in particular love the idea of characters that then get drafted by other teams. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is this is the other thing that I want to make sure I'm doing is like going like how can I make this feel like sports? And I think one of the things is playing around with like there's no reason I couldn't draft a character from an existing team onto yeah another existing team like you know hit season three and i just go like hey this team is gonna draft somebody from this team from this uh, other team this other team is gonna draft someone from the other one get some votes in and then suddenly like we've got a bog eater and a <laughs> and a sky dog in season three yeah that have been drafted onto that the different teams yeah like, that's like, fun i think and, and and i yeah because it gives you that it, it, what's the um the way that they uh it's the it's the um everyone hates the um god this is a thing from the Dresden Files but it's the everyone hates the hates Darth Vader when he's on someone else's team but would loves the Darth Vader on your team um, yeah yeah like like Max Scherzer is a, was a pitcher for the Nationals and I hated Max Scherzer because he was a great <laughs> pitcher and he was on a team that was that that played against the Mets but now Max Scherzer plays for the Mets and so I love the yeah. fact that he is a great pitcher and yeah and the fact that he was previously on a team that played against us and was one of our rivals kind of makes that better yeah yeah because then it makes it like a, a fun thing of like oh now we go up against them and Espe- they get to they get to, <laughs> to taste their own medicine on them because it does because because rad crawl does feel like the kind of game that like someone as you're like you could like as you're playing with your friends you might yeah. play, you could play, like in theory, you could sit down and play any team, any, any time. But you yeah. might particularly like the Bog Eaters and like the I'd way hoped, they play. Yeah, I would hope that that would be the case, right? That like you would start to like how different teams play and you're like, oh no, I'm bringing them back, you know? Yeah, and so if you're playing the Bog Eaters all the time and you're like really frustrated by the fact that this skeleton team is constantly like uh, tough for you to beat, but then in the third season the bog eaters draft the like the waterlogged skeleton who was always that pain in your butt. Yeah. Now you have a, you have a, a, a bog skeleton on your team and that's, that's like a cool story that, move. Yeah. That's, and that's like what I'm really looking forward to like getting into. Um, and like, I know that that's so much putting the cart for the horse, but 
And then it I does let people do, do the jumping back. Like people play like people play yeah. football uh, video games or baseball video games where they build out like the idol like the uh, their idealized team of like Babe Ruth and some modern and Max Scherzer on the same team together. Yeah. Or they'll play out like what are the the 1986 Mets? Like let's play that team <laughs> but if they were alive today. Like yeah, and and you could do that. You could be like, ah, oh, I love the like, I loved season one bog eaters. Let's play them with with today with the modern mechanics, or like let's play the yeah. the best of the the best of the bog eaters from every era. And that's kind of what I'm trying to go for. And like I'm I'm trying to to make sure that I'm building that and starting to make some. This is I'm I'm hitting this like really fun part because like the the big thing with me is that. This game is just supposed to be me having fun doing some designing um, and like lowering my pressure a little bit. Yeah. And so one thing I'm starting to do now is I don't want to write a ton of lore for these characters because you're playing as five of them at a time. And so like, I don't think anyone wants to read 10 paragraphs about each of the five characters on their team. Yeah, I mean, somebody uh, does, but some somebody does. But like, you know. I think the majority of people probably don't that there are people would if they want a little bit of story, if they want a little bit of lore, they're probably looking to yeah. grab a paragraph, maybe two paragraphs. And so what I'm starting to do is I'm starting to write up the lore of these characters and just seed them full of future possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, like I've I've decided that it's all going to be like silly over the top high fantasy tropes. That then basically become at the end of it, like, and then they became a essentially a pro baseball player, you know, like yeah. all of these are essentially just pro pro athletes. And so like Sir Muckroot was like a, a peasant farmer that fell in love with a princess and and like, you know, uh, was a squire and like got a knighthood and. And the two of them met and like were, were like breaking down what it is to be separated by class. And then an evil prince turned them into a frog. And then they joined the bog eaters to, to fight people. And the, the, the relationship with the princess fell apart because she's a sky dogs fan. Yeah. And so, like, you know, they couldn't possibly be together. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, just having things where it's like that then gives me uh, star two NPCs. Lovers. It gives me star cross lovers, which is fun. It gives me two players that I can eventually throw back in and be like, oh, remember that evil prince that turned Sir Muckroot into a frog? Uh, here he is. He's on this other team or he's a free agent or he's an NPC in the role playing game section of things or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and then just kind of start. Start building from there so that you can then start end up going like, oh, we've got some good meta to suggest that may maybe Sir Muckroot ends up on this team with, with their love. And that that's a fun, that's a fun story beat. Um, or maybe they end up on opposite teams and they get to fight each other. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. and just kind of like starting to, to seed all of that into it. And it's really interesting seeing how many important NPCs and concepts you can fit into like a paragraph of player information. Yeah, you know? it's kind of the it's the and there's hmm it's the how, how to phrase this it's the the baseball conundrum of like yeah. you know that every season or every time you do a release 
you're probably going to add like little bits of lore here and there. Yeah. So like, what is the minimum amount of lore that you can give to any given element to make people care about it, but so that yeah. in 12 seasons from now, you haven't bloated the game with lore? Yeah, yeah. And I think part of that is keeping the seasonal structure. Like, if you're like, theoretically, if you've decided to give me 20 bucks, you might care about clicking around and like hitting buttons and like going through like the wiki style notion layout, right? To like learn about character relationships. But if I, but I want to keep like those lore sections tight. So like just once those other characters get introduced, instead of being like a name with no, that, that isn't added somewhere, it's like the name and you can click it. And now you're on another team. And like, you know, like that's how you start to like build out those different spaces and triangles and, and everything like that. Did you ever play Soul Calibur? I have played Soul Calibur, yes. Okay, Soul, Soul Calibur has become an inspiration as I write this lore. <laughs> Not because Soul Calibur has good lore, but because Soul Calibur has like really weird lore. Yeah, I, I would not say that I know much about Soul Calibur lore. And a lot of it's bad. Uh, like I'm I understand that there's that a there's isn't. a there's a large dude who has a sword that eats souls or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can play as you can play as different versions of him within each game and mm -hmm. everything like that. Um. There. Uh. But. Like. All of the characters are really interconnected with each other, and so it'll be like, oh, <laughs> this person is the father of this person, and that person had a relationship with this one, and these two are siblings, and blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like these convoluted webs. I'm sorry, that none of it I... matters because you're gonna go in and just hit each other with swords. <laughs> I I looked up, I pulled up the Soul Calibur Wikipedia article. <laughs> right off the bat, it says one of the central motifs of the series is that it's historical fantasy. Yeah. I, I would never have said, yep, Soul Calibur is historical fiction. It's so funny. Of the 16th it's... and early 17th centuries. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's historical fiction exactly. Um, but, like, it does have, like, huge amounts of interconnected, interwoven story. Yeah, there are mythical you don't swords, need evil weapons. to pay any attention to. Uh... But, like, occasionally you'll get, like, a glimpse of it, and you'll be like, oh, like, they're related to each other? Yeah. Why? One of them's a pirate ghost. Yeah. God, I love, I love little nonsense things. Like, the evil Me sword too. in the game is the Soul Calibur, parsed as yes. two words, even though the game title, Soul Calibur, is one word. Is one word. <laughs> Again, I did not say this is a good, <laughs> good touchstone, but like that's like the level like I, I want to get like that surface level of lore uh, that like someone could go like I'm going to go wild and start connecting things and like make out a big web. But that out at its base level, you're able to go like, oh, this character has a has a link to another character. Yeah, like this Let's is make them fight each other. This is a perfect example. This description of the first game. Set in the late 16th century, the game follows nine warriors on a quest, each of whom has their own reason for joining the quest, but they all share a common goal to obtain the legendary sword called Soul Calibur. This is an arcade game. This is an arcade game. This is an arcade game that, like, it's, it, it's 
Which, whose, primary, whose primary mode is a versus one-on-one battle. Yeah. So like, yeah, holding that... This, holding the, like the, the, the plot of Street Fighter is like, you're in a tournament, and there's a bad guy at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. H- holding both... It's the it's the it's the, it's a little bit the Overwatch thing. Holding both the thing yeah. the, the truth in your brain that this is a one-on-one versus fighting game, but also mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is in the late 16th century and these characters are on a quest together to find an an ancient an ancient evil sword to stop time or something. Exactly. Exactly. You got to be able to hold both of those in your mind at the same time. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, like like I'm I'm making a game that like I'm gonna be starting to like define like a building world that has like connections between cities and relationships between governments. And at the same time I'm like, yeah, so who's the home team and who's the away team in this battle? Yeah, yeah. I mean you gotta. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta. Um So like that's kind of like the sort of future proofing that I'm doing. Is I'm like just leaving a lot of breadcrumbs to other stuff that can come up and then trying not to just immediately fill in all of the blanks that i've made um because i don't want it to be like these characters are relationships to these first season one characters and then season two i've done all of them you know yeah now i want to play soul caliber oh man i would play some soul caliber in in 1553 a spanish pirate cervantes de leon Stole mm-hmm, Soul's mm-hmm. Edge from a dealership, but gradually became corrupted by its spirit until it devoured his soul, f- influencing him to terrorize the world for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then he became a a person who stands and fights another person. <laughs> yeah. On the field. Yeah. the The intention basically is to start being able to seed lore, follow up on lore, yeah. and make. I I wouldn't say coherent storylines. Yeah, no. But like you almost make want some form to be of story not lines. coherent. Yeah, definitely. Because that then that thing things can start to like connect together and like you know. Well, it's the it's the just it's the um, life isn't coherent storylines. Yeah, but also it's the the D and D trick of like if you make a game that is broken, people will fix it and then feel like they have yeah. ownership of it. If you put out like, totally. if you put out random little bits of lore that aren't particularly well connected, people will connect them and then yeah. feel ownership of that story. Exactly. Yeah. Because because then like like I I don't I I I'm not going to explain how the evil princeling turned Sir Muckroot into a frog or or maybe yeah. even what his motivations were or anything like that. It's just a thing I'm going to throw out. Yeah. And then maybe I'll rejoin that character and maybe not. And maybe Sir Muckroot ends up on a totally different team. Maybe Sir Duckroot ends up on the Sky Dogs. Who knows? Oh, you've got to have and, a, you've got to have a character. Oh, no, you go ahead. You've got to have a character who was turned into a frog by a curse and then mm-hmm. also have the version of that character before they were turned into a frog. Oh, you're right. I need to make a Sir Muckroot unturned. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I'm adding that to my list of uh, <laughs> of characters. I, I got to make sure it's not on the season one list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm accidentally making it inside the murder. And then have like future future Muckroot 
who's been sort of like half turned back into a person. <laughs> oh God, I you, accidentally put it on the murder. Like, like, like I, I've just been, I've been still listening my way through uh, the Cerebro podcast. You need like yeah, wild yeah. X-Men continuity, like where, <laughs> where you have like adult, uh, adult uh, Cyclops and teen Cyclops on a team together. And uh, somehow that makes sense because reason. That was such a good time, though. I loved that. Time. <laughs> I know not everyone loved that time, but I loved that time. There was a um, there was a uh, there was a comic I saw a, a couple. This is now now we're becoming a comics podcast. But there was a, there was a really funny uh, like series of I think it was a modern X Men comic where Miss Marvel showed up. Or ca- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And because it was Kamal Khan and she shows up and, and is talking to adult Cyclops. And she was like, this is super weird because we were on a team last year when you were a teenager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's yeah, the kind that's of so that's the good. kind of lore that like it doesn't have to make sense because people will make it make sense. They yeah. will they will no prize it into making sense. And it's a skirmish game first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Uh, if people end up deeply invested in the lore, yeah, amazing. Uh, but I'm I'm just gonna goof around with it, and make it and, whatever weird stuff. And people will tell you which parts of the lore they're interested in, which will then totally. let you build out that part of the lore more in the future. Exactly, exactly. Um, because like another thing is, as I'm starting to release these characters, hopefully people will tell me what they like, like what characters they like. If nothing else. Um, if people do end up filling out the little post-battle reports mm-hmm. form, uh, I'll know what free agents they tended to like. Yeah. And so if there's like a free agent that everybody chose, then maybe that tells me they're a good one maybe to come you, back and give a team to. That's Or that's how you, you run the draft. Like if somebody always, pl- oh if, if everyone always plays somebody with the skeleton team, <laughs> then like maybe, maybe draft that character onto the skeleton team. Just add them to it. Yeah. Make a slightly modified skeleton version of them. Yeah. 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 I like that. The most important thing, though, is that I got to get this out. I got to get season one out before Halloween mm-hmm. so that I can justify doing a couple of Halloween skins that are slightly modified versions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is incredible how much of a driving factor Halloween is in so many people's creative process. Is specifically mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's why Protean City came yeah. out when it did. <laughs> we pushed, we pushed to get Protean City out. So <laughs> pushed could, so hard to make so that, that happen, could, so that we could do a Halloween episode right yeah, off the yeah. bat. And you got to get the skeletons out there. Yeah, well, well, like I already know that uh, that Pezria the Swamp Warlock is going to get a skin where uh, where they're holding a uh, a jack o' lantern instead of a lantern. Because uh, that's obvious. You're gonna do the uh, the uh, Overwatch thing where you give them all like beach skins. I gotta. I'm not gonna do all of them because it takes me too long to make these things. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm probably going to do like a little event skin thing for each for like major events that I that I like to give little nods to or things that I feel like you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm gonna make it so you can get some alternate stats with them. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> well, that's like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and I kind of love the, like, 
the juxtaposition of like then you could have all of them on the same team together. All the totally, totally. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they, there's the Evil Dead game that everyone's playing right now, and I think like half the characters are just different versions of Bruce Campbell. That's incredible. <laughs> but yeah. Hey James, do you want, do you want to help me decide who gets the Halloween skin for the Soaring sure. Sky Dogs? Yeah. All right. So these characters, uh, Bilgewater Buck, uh, has like a big club and goes around and like, like you're, you're, uh, incentivized to continue to attack the same character. And like, you can like, uh, the idea is like you chain combo the same character over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, quick will has an anchor that they throw ahead. I'm, I'm saying I'm using they for all of these because I'm going to be rolling, rolling, uh, okay. a D six probably to, to, to assign gender. And, uh, they, so they might stay, they, they might not, but, uh, quick will has like an anchor that they throw out and then can like roll along the chain of the anchor to attack everybody. Uh, lucky rats line is the one with the giant albatross that yeah. shoots, uh, electricity. Uh, Creel Generosity throws lobsters that explode. Uh, and Captain Lena Fairflight, who I already uh, rolled she, her pronouns for, um, uh, helps people move around the battlefield. I'm mm. thinking I got to turn one of them into a ghost pirate because ghost pirates are yeah. like, so classic, Cap right? Captain Lena's got to be a ghost pirate. And I think that maybe make Captain Lena a ghost pirate. And I think that Quick Will, who throws a, an anchor, has got to yeah. throw like a, a big pumpkin on a, on a vine. Oh, throwing a pup. Should Captain Lena Fairflight always be a ghost pirate? Hmm. No. Maybe. No, I don't I so. feel like maybe a ghost pirate, a ghost sky pirate is maybe a hat on a hat. Yeah, but that's why it's perfect for like a Halloween For event. an event. Yeah, an event skin. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll give them little, some little different slightly different ability that just changes one of their things a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. I had some more thoughts on, I had some more thoughts on my mission control game, but I have to try not to follow those thoughts because okay. I want to finish a space between. I started okay. having thoughts on, um, I started having thoughts on, Another game that might be the game that I design after I design the mission control game. Okay. Or it might be a, a little thing. Um, I went and saw, this is a long story that's maybe not worth the payoff, for, but, but, but I think we have a couple minutes here at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, we're a little, we're a little short, but like if it's a short episode, that's also, that's also yeah. okay. If you have been following me on Twitter, I have become a total shill for this musical Between the Lines. Okay. Um, and a space between the lines? No. No, okay. no, it's just regular Between the Lines. And the Weird. story of the, between, of the Between the Lines, it's based on a book, but it's a musical. Um, it's about a girl in high school who kind of gets mean girled, like her, her uh, okay. she's moved to a new town because her parents got divorced, and there's a mean girl who doesn't like her, who makes fun of her. So she ends up like hiding and finding this book of fairy tales in the library. And okay. she kind of like ends up being able to talk to the the character, one of the, the prince in the book, and then ends up sort of having like a weird crush on him and then like kind of has a relationship because again, he can talk to her. And we as the viewers 
see what happens in the book, the fairy tale book, when the pages are closed. And okay. so like all of the the fairy tale, like the princess and the prince and the troll, like the troll is not like like they're all like they sort of toy story a little bit. Like okay. when the book yeah. is closed, the evil wizard is not evil. He just wants to paint butterflies. The troll okay. wants to read literary criticism. The the prince Yeah, they've like, got their they're yeah. not uh evil evil capitalist ham pig who's yeah putting people and yeah they're the over they're not the over the top the over the top fantasy bang. character is who they play on tv basically. yeah yeah and be, the one of the things that's just the nature of the the book series or the of the musical is because it's a small cast they um they wizard of oz it so all of the all of the fantasy characters are played by the actors who, who play characters in the real world so okay, like okay. the the evil like the evil uh, evil wizard who wants to paint butterflies is played by the actor who plays the school therapist. The the prince or the the queen is played by the main character's mother. The the same actor. Okay. Um and and there's like there's some theming there on like why they're like the 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 sort of like himbo who's dating the popular girl is playing or plays that that actor plays the 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 man who's been turned into a dog in the fantasy universe okay. who loves the princess and and I kind of was thinking about it would be interesting to play a game where your character sort of had two parts I'm still really obsessed I think we've talked about this like a half oh. dozen times but like I love the idea of playing a game that takes place both in a fantasy world and in in the yeah. real world and so you had a character like basically unless you were playing the main character who's like the girl who goes into the, because at one point the girl goes into the fantasy book because she Dorothy's there sort of. Yeah. Unless you're playing that character, then everybody else has two characters. One character who's the person they are in the real world. And then one is the fantasy version of themselves. That's interesting. I could see that being a fun little game that you've got like a, like a, a two sided playbook. Yeah. almost. You know? Yeah. That like, you've got like, when you pick your play, prob- probably related things that you're like the jock slash the muscle, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's, you'd have to come up with like basically dual playbooks. Yeah. But I like that idea. And I think there might be something there. And if, if that game exists already and people know about it, then you should tell me because I want to play it. And if it doesn't, My- then. My brain is like screaming because I know that there is a Wizard of Oz game that I heard of that like the GM is your Dorothy and the player it's it's like basically it's like it's like one player is Dorothy. Yeah. And the like helpful people are each essentially a GM role. There's um heroin which is that that i think that's the one i'm thinking that's of. probably i think that's the one of. i'm thinking of um but again that's that's you, one that's character different. plays one character plays the little girl and everyone else plays the helpers and they all sort of group gm ish but yeah, uh, but, yeah. I, but i want one where you are actively going back and forth though um so that we can see yeah that the, that, the scarecrow is also the guy at the farm or that glinda is also the mother or whatever yeah that's kind of yeah. I I don't think it does that, but th- that was uh, I was just trying to like you know rack my yeah. brain and pull up 
pull up that so that's, that's specific game that came to mind. That's the thing that's been on my brain for a while. Well, that's neat, but you're not allowed to do it I know. until. Uh, hey, uh, you know how sometimes we're like an efficiency podcast? Yeah. I heard about a new system that I think is kind of interesting. It's the no zero days system. Where you have like areas of your life that you want to do something in. Okay. And the rule is that you can't have any zero days in that. So like if your goal right now is finish a space between. I can't have any day where I write no words. Yeah. I'm allowed to and have like a day where I write one word, but not, well, no. not even not even necessarily write words like if you get to the end of the day, if it's 11, 1156, you can open a space between and put it full screen on your laptop mm-hmm. so that tomorrow when you come and look at it. You you maybe write down some words. As long uh, as you do a thing with it. You got to do a thing with it so it's not a zero day. If you're trying to like move your body more, it's like, okay, I, it's, you know, before I go to bed, I'm going to do a single push up. And basically, the, the idea is like, the idea isn't that these incremental things where you write two words of your novel at a time eventually is a novel. It is, that is true. It's that you're doing the thing to build the It's that habit. you're doing the thing. Yeah. And if you're writing two words a day, eventually you're writing 200 words a day. Yeah. And so like, like, because also like, you know, uh, if, if I was like, I'm going to, I'm I'm trying to do this, but if I hit the end of the day and I was like, okay, I haven't done any movement, I'm going to do some pushups. I'm going to do one pushup. I'm not going to do one pushup because as long as I'm sitting on the ground already, you might as well do another one. I may as well do another one. Yeah. You know? And so, like, you know, you, you open up your text thing. And so you got to write one word. You may as well write a sentence. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe you I take like two, three minutes and you write a couple sentences down. Um, so I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do no zero days on rad crawl. I'm trying to do no zero days on movement. Uh, just to continue my my getting huge and swole. Yeah. Look like a cloud by the time I go back to the conventions uh, goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i gotta say i it's kind of it's it has been kind of helpful for me hmm. with rad crawl yeah um yeah, and like rad crawl is a very specific kind of thing that it is like you know a lot of disconnected pieces but last night i realized i hadn't done anything at all and i opened up the page for the bog eaters and i wrote a one sentence description of each of the characters and it was something I had to do, and it was done now. So maybe in the Discord we can do a no zero days on our design. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to make a little no zero days channel and just? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I feel like that's fun. We can we can see see what happens with it, and we'll, let's try to keep that to design just so it's open to anybody mm-hmm. who is like you know, so no one's like in a situations that are reading zero non-zero days that are stressful to them or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. Heck well, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Cuz I'm I'm so close. I did I did open, I know, that's the thing. Uh, I'm like like I think both of us are so close on stuff that it is like we're close enough that a yeah. month of no zero days would finish it. 
even if we did like little tiny things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I've got to do like, it. yeah, sometimes I've got to do a little thing. Yeah. This game, the way that this book is written is just like, sometimes you just got to like tweak a little thing and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Cool. 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 So, um, I tried to generate some more AI art, but it didn't really come out well. <laughs> I tried okay. to get it to give okay. me a character who was four lizards in a trench coat, but it didn't. It just gave me four lizards each wearing a trench coat. Oh, okay. Um, four four lizards. Yeah, each of the four lizards in a trench coat. Yeah, but I, I can see that. I specifically said four lizards in a trench coat pretending to be one person trying to get into an R-rated movie. And it's still well, each of the four. Each of the four lizards is pretending to but be it a also, person. It also trying to get into an R-rated movie. It didn't. It didn't incorporate the movie into any of them. But I did get a lot Maybe of p- very realistic pictures of lizards. Four lizards standing on each other's shoulders wearing one trench coat. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, AI art. It's kind of garbage. Yeah, it's not going to destroy. Garbage. It's not going to destroy tabletop role playing games. I really hope not. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a one, I'm a one person design operation kind of. You know, like I'm, I, I do my own layout. I do my own whatever for my for things other than Pasiones Pasiones, which is a whole company with a ton of extraordinarily talented people yeah. doing things much better than I can. Um, but like, I I don't want i don't want the field to be taken over by ai generated art no it's like you know a lot of it is stolen you know because it's it's taking i think it's good taking the things it's good for um like i saw someone was i saw a tiktok of somebody was using it to generate like um art for their private game totally and i think that's great yeah i just i I don't want artists to not get paid yeah so, um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, a little soapbox moment there yeah, at the yeah. end. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, what should people tweet at us? If you, if you know a cool fact about Soul Calibur, <laughs> tweet at us on Twitter. You can find us both at Stop Hack and Roll or individually, I am at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at B. Leon Gambetta. You can find all of our episodes in iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stopbackandroll.com. We make this podcast the support of our Patreon backers like Tommy Middleton, Osbian, J.R. Brabson, Marty Chadoric, Lieutenant, Tavern Tales, Stephanie, Riverhouse Games, Chris Wittich, and Larry Asmuth. If you'd like to help support the show or our future shows, check us out at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. If you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming a part of it. Hey, maybe that's your uh, no zero day thing for today. Yeah. Come tell us about the games you're working on at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stopbackandroll.com. If you are a bog skeleton, and you're just chilling, mm-hmm. but it's it's rainy season. It's, it is. And so you you can't see as far and... Uh, as you used to, and the the part of the map that you used to hang out on to protect yourself is destroyed. The thing you've got to remember is that someone will generate AI art to replace... Oh God. This has really gotten away from me. Never mind. It's really forget, gotten away from me. Forget so, all of that. As, as, as the pirate ship plunges into the swamp near you don't forget to stop hack and roll
Brandon just stepped away to take a quick break. I'm going to go deep into Soul Calibur lore. Ivy Valentine, the girl with the long sword, is the illegitimate daughter of the undead pirate Cervantes de Leon, who was raised by a noble family until her father became obsessed with the cursed sword. Desiring to destroy the sword, she created a segmented animated blade whip, like you do, only to become the Soul's Edge pawn as it intended to use her for its next host. After an attack by Cervantes, resulted in the loss of her soul. She uses a temporary artificial soul to keep herself alive. Makes sense. Why that means she has to be over-sexualized. And why a long-segmented sword, sorry, blade whip, was the right thing to use to stop her evil, undead pirate father. It is unclear in from this Wikipedia article, whether or not she is the, the child of Cervantes de Leon before or after he becomes an undead pirate. Very strange. 